Hello and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-educated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am Noah, and I am here with my co-host, Kayla. One time you should say a different name, I think. Besides Kayla? Yeah. I could use Obi for these episodes, yes. and it would be fitting. A good alias. I use, in all like video games I play... I use Obi as mm. my like video game character's name. So like in Pokemon and Animal Crossing, my nice. character is always named Obi. After the one and only. After the one and only Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, speaking Kenobi. of video games, we have guests with us today. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, my name is Sterling Matthew Oliver, and. I am Jacob Edelman Dolan, and this is not above down mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we run a we we've never we've never uh, guested on somebody else's podcast before, so it's hard to introduce our show. <laughs> we we run we run a gaming podcast. Yeah, yeah that's we're what happy we do. to be the first. Yeah, yeah, it's an honor. Hey, all right. Now, what we should do is we should do is next. Next episode that we have, we should have you guys on that one. We'll talk about all the Star Wars video games that I have not played. Um, <laughs> I've played Lego Star Wars, and I've played Battlefront. I think that's what it is. That's all my memories from Star Wars are from the games. That's like, I, I watch the movies, and I'm like, oh, this is a great level. This was awesome. Yeah, I, actually, in the same boat, I played Lego Star Wars before I watched any of the Star Wars films. Wow. Uh, and I am actually I was going to talk about it next week on our show is that I'm currently playing through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and it's iconic. They know like Lucas games, LucasArts games or whatever it is. They know how to make a great video. Game. I mean, the Lego, <laughs> the Lego Star Wars game is like one of the best game they're video so, games. They're so they're so iconic, oh, totally. honestly. One of the best yeah. video games of all one time. One of the best. There's a yeah, lot right. of best ones, but that, I feel one of like the best. I feel like it's collectively one of the best. Truly. Um, so this we're starting our new series now. This is May 4th that this is coming out. Um, so Happy this May is, 4th. Yeah, happy May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, thank you for celebrating with us. Um, this summer we're going to be releasing a new episode of the series on the first Tuesday of every month. So we'll go through like each of the trilogies and then we'll end with some of the spinoffs and shows and whatnot yeah solo and uh rogue Rogue one One. um more like rogue done (laughs) um (laughs) so this i'm really excited about this series because i it's been a while since i've seen a lot of these movies i really like we were re-watching the prequels i mean i was re-watching the prequels for this um and i realized i'd only really seen number two and number three probably one other time and that was a long time ago so it was I mean, I'd see one a lot more, but it was cool rewatching them, especially with all the memes, because so like crazy. I know all the memes, but you know, you I don't I didn't remember every scene, every exact arc. So I, I'm excited for the series to kind of get a new perspective, hopefully, on Star Wars, because I've never I have never been the biggest fan. I've been a average fan, so you know. That's so funny because I feel like I've seen the prequels more times than any other ones and i think it's probably because we had them on dvd yeah and we did i don't know that we had the original trilogy on dvd i think we had it on vhs 
And then, you know, once we got a DVD player, it was like, that was out the window. And so, actually, our house got struck by lightning, and that was when the VCR No, the VCR just kicked the dust. That was the higher powers telling you not to watch the original trilogy and only watch the prequels. Uh, what about you guys? What of uh, your kind of background with the the prequels? So my parents took me to my first ever movie when I was three, I guess, to see The Phantom Menace. Wow. And apparently, as a three-year-old, I did not like it. Um, a valid opinion, you know. And as a three-year-old, I think that I had some pretty good points. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You were on the way home just like, you know what? That just didn't add up at all. Just, it it wasn't in line with the original. Yeah, like, what was George Lucas thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Shaking my little baby fist. Damn you, George. Um, I, I, I grew up watching the, 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 the prequels and I, and I think that I didn't know that people thought they were bad until (laughs) I was, you know, older. Um, Mm. Same. Well, I think, I think, I think that they were fun, so I watched them. You know, that's that was that's what it was. You know, and I think that I mean, I've I've developed a more nuanced opinion over over my um, adulthood, but um, I think that it kind of still boils down to they're fun, right? <laughs> yeah. So my history with Star Wars as a whole is very odd because it started uh i also started with one of the prequels but i started with episode three when that had its theatrical release Mm. i went with my dad and my sister uh i want to say because it was late may so i think it was over father's day weekend like the few weeks after that we went to go see it uh and the only thing i remember about it was thinking oh this is loud (laughs) Yeah. Um, and just just having people always also mention, oh, it's a very loud movie. You can always, it was a very small town, small theater. You could always hear films bleed over into the other houses. Um, yeah, so I started with episode three, didn't think much of it. A few years down the line, when I turned like 12 or 13, I knew I really wanted, for some reason, I really wanted a portable DVD player. And I asked my parents for a portable DVD player, and they gave me that with episode four. Oh, and so wow. I watched episode four for the first time. The power went out the night of my birthday, but it came with like a half charge. And so I watched episode four when the power was out. And then I didn't watch. I So I'd only seen episode three and four. Mm-hmm. Nothing else until I got to college. <laughs> Freshman year of college. First finals week. I really wanted to procrastinate. And so I went, I'm just going to watch all of the Star Wars movies. And I watched uh, instead of four, five, six, one, two, three. I watched one to six. And really liked it. Uh, I had gotten into Star Trek in late high school, and so I was expecting myself to like constantly compare. But I just the entire time was like, "This is really fun. I'm kind of digging it." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should say, since that week though, I've watched them multiple times since right. then. Yeah. And I I well, I went to all of the new trilogy like the day they came out, and was like absolutely in love with it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. So I feel like we all have a little bit different. Yeah. I definitely like, I watched the first one a lot and then two and three, I watched like once. I only really watched Star Wars once and cause like I liked them, but I didn't really mm-hmm. like fall in love with them. But I saw one a lot just because like I, it was just one of those that was on a lot. 
I think I've seen the second one the most. That would be my guess. Hmm. Kayla was just, she just loved the romantic side plot so much. It was (laughs) just such a draw. (laughs) Great. Well, let's start with talking about the first movie. (laughs) You don't want to follow up? No follow up here? Oh, are we taking an ad break here? Let's take a quick ad break. Okay, okay. And we'll be right back to talk about episodes one, two, and three. back so the first episode is phantom menace which was released in 1999 and what we're going to do here is we're just going to start out each one by reading the opening crawl and i think kayla do you want to do the honors of being the first one to read the opening crawl you want me to read the first one i think that would be that would only be fair sure are you gonna cue me up with some music (laughs) okay okay Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in. Just loop. Outlying stars. We're never gonna get through this. Dispute. Okay, it's in dispute. No, this is how it feels when you're trying to actually keep up with the opening. Truly, truly. Like my brain cannot process. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy to settle the conflict. These are always written so uninterestingly to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I read that and I was like, what's happening I was I literally went into the first scene like I really don't understand what's going on right now. This is going too fast for me. Yeah, and my that's brain. if you even got to read it all. Exactly, like, exactly. I'm trying to process. Imagine sitting in a theater and trying to like read it. I think it was a really smart like idea, but then it just had poor execution. And now it's become so like iconic that now it's necessary, and I just don't really feel like it is. I don't know. Right, yeah, like, they're just doing it, like, to do it, whereas, yeah. like, because they had to do it in the first one, because, like, it was starting in kind of the middle of, like, this whole world, kind of the world building thing, but now, I mean, this is really, like, we know the world, but, you know, it does give a little bit of good background here, especially because I kind of forget how how much these movies kind of open the world of Star Wars a lot, you know, and, like, all yeah. the creature designs and just everything, like, it probably was pretty wild at first for everyone who was like coming with the knowledge of the originals. There are a lot of world building additions. In fact, so many that like, I mean, looking at the, I guess the world of Star Wars holistically, you cannot ignore the prequels. You cannot because they, they lay so many like, like a lot of groundwork for like the mythos of the world and the mm-hmm. the rules of the world. I think it's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, Noah, what's the plan here going through this? Well, I feel like we could just kind of talk through. One thing I found was interesting is, like, 
obviously this was a interesting production, especially because it's like the first one back in a while. They had Ron Howard, Robert Zemeckis, or Steven Spielberg kind of asked to direct, but um, George Lucas directed instead, uh, which is interesting because he really only directed the first Star Wars. He didn't direct five or six, so yeah, it's it's interesting to watch, especially the progression of the three movies, like how his directing style kind of. I think improves, honestly. I think the directing in number one is probably the worst. Two has some questionable scenes, but I think it's a little more cohesive. I don't know. The first one, I feel like the editing, too, is just very choppy. I mean, they they were, had uh, they had the extra hurdle of episode one being one of the earliest films to use, like, full CG renders mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I know George Lucas has always been somebody that shines more so on the technical side <laughs> yeah right uh, and and so i'm sure that's where like at least 70 80 percent of his focus went into was not only creating these full cg scenes but having a full cg character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like another one of the first times that had ever happened yeah i mean and one thing i admire is he's always trying to push like a new technology with his things which is cool 1950 of the shots had visual effects i read there was only like one scene which had no digital alteration which is like for 1999 is really wild it's really ambitious yeah it must have taken ages to i mean ilm they're the people that could do it so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so let's get down to brass tacks pod racing let's go yes the pod racing scene (laughs) so good that scene is probably like it may be my favorite Star Wars scene of all time. Wow. Like, I don't understand why we don't have, like, a whole series on, like, pod racing. Mm. Like, I have so many questions about what happens in pod racing, like, how this started, the lore of pod racing. Like, is pod racing only here? Is it, do they have, like, because obviously this is a pretty big crowd, but it's like, do people travel here to pod race, or is this just a local thing, or is this like in other con- what what planets? Planets. And is that what they call them? Planets. I think so. And Galaxies. Then- I, uh, uh, planets. <laughs> systems. Yes. <laughs> they like fly to other planets to like compete. Wow. I don't know. They have pod racing Olympics. Honestly, yeah. You know what? I think that's great. I would love. Because I think we're getting like a like a like an X Wing series. Am I wrong? Or like a film? I don't yeah, know. No, something. I think that's right. Something like that. So many Star something Wars like to up with. Sounds let's, sounds good to me. <laughs> let's yeah, <laughs> Disney. Let's go all out. Let's let's go back to your your. Uh, let's 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 own pod racing. Let's yes. let's 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 make a pod racing like film. Like like. Why didn't they do out, Mario like, Kart but with like pod racing? Yeah. Why was that not a game that was yeah. made? Oh my god, that uh, seems like That's such an exactly what I was market. thinking about because Harry Potter had a Quidditch only game. That was yeah. one of my favorite games ever. I think there was a Star Wars pod racing game. No. Way. I hmm. I wouldn't doubt it. There uh, was because it's on Switch right now. It's called Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. It's on the Switch. It what? came out on the N64 at first. But it is a uh, it is a game, and you can buy it for seven ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine or something. All right, <laughs> don't mind me while I go to the eShop immediately. <laughs> yes. Well, it says here that they had a twenty five minute version of the race, although the film only included a nine minute mm. version. Like what? Give Where's me the, the twenty five minute cut. <laughs> Give me the pod racing cut. But yeah. it's own short film. 
like oh, if we can yes. get the, the Star Wars pod racing short the film. pod racing cut. Honestly, can you imagine a digitally re-released like version of the pod racing scene or even yeah. just like a new pod racing project with like the technology that we have today? Yeah. That shit would look awesome. Uh yeah, I mean it said this took 3 years to make this scene, which really? now it's like uh-huh. With the technology we have now, they could just go all out, which I would love. Well, one of the biggest issues they would have had, uh, in my opinion, looking back on it, I don't know what issues they actually had, but I feel like one of the biggest issues would be trying to uh, relay the speed of it. Because working with a virtual camera, it's one of the earliest times you've had to do that. Mm. Uh, And not to mention you've got some real elements combined inside of this as well and all the ships are like super different too it's not yeah, like you can copy and paste point. parts of the ships it's just so good the pod Underrated. racing pod racing is it's the best part of the movie i'm gonna can say that right be the now. episode let's just go <laughs> yeah pod racing <laughs> whole episode on pod racing yes. look yeah. i love this movie i'm about to make a really hot take here is this the, you're gonna say this is the best one I, Loki, this is my, I think, my favorite of the prequels. That is heresy. Like, out of all three, I think that this is the one I enjoyed the most. I think it's a fair one to enjoy the most. I think it's probably less controversial than, like, saying two is the best, you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, like, mm-hmm. you know, it probably goes, like, three, one, two would be the order that would be, like, from least to most controversial. So, you're, like, right in the middle. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, I think this one's, I think it's fine. I just think it's so boring to me. I think this is a very boring film. I think it looks really bad, too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love the look of the first, the second two. I just think this one looks, like, kind of bland a little. Like, it looks very colorful, but then it looks like they have, like, a filter over it, like a sand filter. Yeah. The visuals um, yeah. don't hold up. Yeah, it's very, very yellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the yellow, the yellow, except when it goes to the Windows Vista field uh, for the final for that battle with the gr- the green field. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I mean it's definitely not my favorite. It's probably honestly my least favorite of the prequels. But this and two are very similar to me, just for different reasons. Um, I think that this film will always have a very special place in my heart for one specific scene and that scene is the Qui-Gon and Maul fight. I think that that scene a lot of people call it the best lightsaber duel in the entire franchise. I think that personally I would probably say the red room scene in The Last Jedi beats it for me, but this is really close and maybe maybe even honestly because I think that I mean, I could break down that scene from memory, like going from mm. like, like they're in there and then like Obi-Wan gets trapped and then like untrapped and then trapped again and the fights mm-hmm. is happening and then we get to that moment and then God, I just love all of it. I'd agree with you on, uh, but I think there's two or sorry, there's one major thing that separates the two from each other. And I think that the, the newer one it shines really well with its cinematography and its design, yeah. Yeah. but the uh, the Darth Maul fight, I think that shines more in its fight choreography. Hmm. It just it just really felt. I, I mean, of course, it, the new one felt seamless and like like flawless in terms of how they wield things as well. 
but it's like just the one-on-one you don't have a whole lot to think about while it's happening uh and it's i mean darth maul's like actor is just brilliant with (laughs) with this weapon (laughs) and i mean i don't think that we can talk about this scene without talking about duel of the fates so yeah right here's the thing for me this scene is so good i just hate how it's edited with all the other scenes so like they give you like 30 seconds and then it goes to like the scene one of the fights and it goes to anakin and i just want to see like i mean i'm sure there are cuts of it you can cut it together i want to see like just the full fight because it's so gripping i mean because these are like really the best two characters and like qui-gon and obi-wan are like really in my opinion the two characters that have like any depth to them in this movie or the acting at least so like you love these characters but then it just keeps cutting back to other things and it just really bums me out because i love the what they set up in the end and it's like they keep losing momentum with going to like anakin accidentally saving the day i guess the first time that anakin mass murders a group of people <laughs> yeah wow. the first Not time to be the last it reminds me a little bit of of something i was going to talk about uh later on but i kind of just want to throw it in here now anyway and it's the casting decisions of this trilogy are very interesting if you ask me mm. um almost everyone is established except for the ingenue leads which is really strange if you ask me um maybe i think that they kind of wanted to do i think that i've heard this from other people so this is not my original thoughts but i've heard that they wanted to kind of replicate the casting decisions of the original trilogy um mm. where you know they had like everybody was like a virtual unknown I think that the actor who had the most amount of work at that point was um, Harrison Ford, but not by a lot. And so I think that they wanted to kind of replicate that in this. And I, I, know, I know that, I mean, people might hate me for it, but I, I, I mean, I think that the kid who plays young Anakin is garbage. Um, Agreed. I yes. <laughs> and I, and I think that, I think that I, I should say, I do not like his acting ability. I do not like what he is putting forth on mm-hmm. screen you know I, I i know that in fact i know for sure that uh he went through a mm-hmm. lot of personal turmoil uh, as did many many star wars actors um due to fan reactions to their characters um and i i hold no ill will against the actor himself i think his name is jake something jake floyd yeah 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 i'm sure a lot of it has to do with uh george lucas's directing yeah writing well, and direction he's I not, think is the issue yeah he's 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 not uh somebody who would have had a lot of experience directing children up until that point oh, yeah. uh and then to have your movie have such a prominent child role and then choose to direct it yourself as well yeah is yeah <laughs> well and it's interesting because i think that you know we look at like i don't know about you guys but i i personally think that right now we are in the age of supremely good child acting i mean you look at yeah. like, stranger things you look at all of the i mean you look at it there there's quite a lot of things coming out recently that have have had like surprisingly very good child actors what i'm trying to say is that i think that you know i don't think that there was really an emphasis uh, on that back in you know 1999 I think, too, just kind of to wrap up my thoughts on the acting of Jake Lloyd, I think it's also just very 90s acting, and this was coming right at the tail end of when that was a thing. Because this kid was also in Jingle All the Way, um, and he plays basically the same character. And it's like it's just very, like, 
he did what he was expected of him. Like, I don't think it's like he did what he wasn't supposed to. I just think like the choices they made for his character just weren't good. So it's mostly this, that. Would you like to hear my biggest qualm with this film? Oh, totally. That I realized when I watched it recently mm. is that Qui-Gon Jin is the epitome of a white savior because he walks in here and he's like, this kid has so much potential. And then he's like, I need to release him as a slave and bring him back and train him as my own child. Yeah. And a little Padawan. Ruins his life, pretty much. And re- he did. It's all Qui-Gon's fault. It really because is. Because let me tell you, when Anakin's, like, because he wouldn't have been a slave forever. And he was so talented at racing at building like he built this whole ship pod racer Mm. thing and it's like dude he could have been a great maintenance man worked a really nice (laughs) trade made a lot of money bought his mom out of slavery um he could have been a famous pod racer and like defended his title like he was not living in the slums this child Mm -hmm. and qui-gon just decided that he was gonna come in and make Little Annie, his mission, and remove mm. him from his mother and yeah. his home to give him a better life when he didn't even really need it. Mm-hmm. Right. And the mom just gets left in the dust, too. Yeah. I I would say, I mean, this is my, um, I'm, I'm pushing my glasses up moment. Um, this <laughs> is my little nerd moment. But I would argue, given the amount of midichlorians he had, um, that, uh, <clears throat> um, somebody would have come and picked him up eventually anyway, maybe the dark side. Um, and so um, it's possible that he he couldn't have let lived a, a regular life, but um, I think that Qui-Gon Jinn definitely... He would not have escaped yeah. his fate. Exactly. Yeah. And also, I think this these movies aren't trying to paint the Jedi as good people either. Like, I think it gets clear as the movies go on that the Jedi I are think you're right. being painted as, like, saviors. Um, so maybe, I mean, I don't think that really was their intention, but you can read it as like the first it's, hints. It's Ray Skywalker. Her right. name is Skywalker. Wow. We're not going to be able Dumbest to get through Dumbest shit I've ever seen. The God figures <laughs> of the series, the Skywalkers. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, Roger Deber is right with, uh, Kayla here. Cause he gave this three and a half stars. So I yeah. think you're wow, in good, good company. for him. A king. Look, I'm here for it. I think this movie's great. I think it's good. <laughs> I stand behind it. Do we know why he he rated it so? I I've never actually read his review. Was he was he praising the tech or? Yeah, I think he just saw the potential in the medium. That, he wasn't that wrong. To makes total sense to me. Yeah. He says that they're space operas. They are Star Wars. <laughs> I always struggle calling it a space opera because <laughs> it's space isn't a genre of music because <laughs> uh, we've got opera we have rock opera and i'm just a pretentious uh former music student space <laughs> but they need um, to be lots of synths lots of yes. ethereal sounds uh which aren't yes. in this movie so it's all horns uh, so. i've i've always considered it just a space epic yeah epic is a better I'm, word that's also not like people call it a space opera, so I just shut up and call You're it a right. space opera. I think opera <laughs> is really in that sense they're just using it in the same way that epic is, you know, like the grand I think yeah, space absolutely. opera just sounds a lot more pretentious. Like it sounds cooler. 
to say opera. You oh, know? Totally. Yeah. To be like, I'm watching and a space opera right now. Um, so please don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about another space opera, which is Attack of the Clones. Oh yeah, that's the second the second one. opera. <laughs> opera number two. The second space <laughs> opera. <laughs> um, do either of you want to read this crawl, or I can if you don't want to. You know, I'm. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? You can. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Kayla can do the, the it's, it's Kayla's turn. There is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. The Separatist movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi dot 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 dot. Wow. I liked your ghost rendition of the Star Wars theme. I think it was it was really really <laughs> The <nice>. theremin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, this is a complicated movie in my, like, there's a lot going on, I feel like, in this movie. So much. Drama, drama. Drama, 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 drama. Okay, I just want to throw it out here, just because I love it. Um, unironically, the entire Obi-Wan and Bounty Hunter fight. Mm. You guys know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yep. Love it. Just Django, the whole, everything with Django. I think all these movies do a really good job of integrating fan service without it seeming yeah. like really mm-hmm. heavy handed. Mm-hmm. And I think the Django thing is like the best example of that. Cause it's a great origin. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this is one of the ones that just kind of like adds the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. something that I thought was really funny looking at this, uh, little fun fact sheet that Noah put together for us was, uh, the fact that, Episode one had a budget of 115 million, and episode two also had a budget of 115 million. Even though episode one got like a billion dollars in the box office, I'm just surprised they didn't yeah. kick it up any. To because because they are trying to do so much mm. with episode two, you'd think they'd really want to go all in and make sure that ILM had all the resources possible to really show it off. It's impressive what they can do with these budgets because, like, 115 is a lot, but, like, in reality, like, that's a pretty low amount for everything they're trying to get into this movie. Because they had to put a lot into research and development. So often people just get to put into development, but they're creating tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I geek out about the no, tech a lot. it's very cool. The tech is honestly <laughs> one of the coolest aspects of these movies, I think. I think it's really interesting to look back at media that we now see as dated and recognize how progressive they were in certain areas um, for the time, right? And I think that specifically these films were extremely progressive on the tech side for the time. Do they hold up visually till today? Not particularly, but, you know, at the time they were cutting edge, and I think that's awesome. You know, we we don't have to think of them as cutting edge Mm -hmm. now, but contextually speaking, I just think it's really interesting. Um, Kayla, is this one a lot lower than number one for you or a little lower than number one for you? I would say a little. It just depends on the sequences. 
Because there's certain sequences that I love in this movie. And then, like, all the Anakin, Padme stuff, or really anything with Anakin, I'm like, eh, not a fan. <laughs> um, but, like, all the, you know, like, the sequence at the beginning where they're flying and, like, chasing down the person and, like, all the other stuff. I think that is all great. Yeah. I just love Obi-Wan. So anything with Obi-Wan, I'm like... Ten stars. Ten stars. Give them all the stars. And also, I mean, I'll be honest. I think that Ewan McGregor's performance is cons- is the most consistently good yes. throughout And now we're getting series. a show with him, which oh, is what yes. we deserve. Is everything I have asked for in life. Um... I'm I'm trying to think of specific things in this movie. I think this movie is very colorful, though. Like, this is a lot more colorful than the first one for me. And I really love the color palette of this one and the third one. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't like the, fir- the way the first one looks. I love the way that this movie looks and the third one. I think they... I think it's just old enough to look like really saturated and a little bit like a little bit nostalgic, but not old enough to look like noticeably bad. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, one of these fun facts we have here that the film was shot entirely on the 24 FPS digital camera. Yeah. Uh, And that opens yourself to a whole world of color correction. Yeah, not as refined to just how you record and expose the film you get to play with it quite a bit more uh of course this is one of the earliest digital cameras so it's not perfect but it it allowed them to play a lot more with color and we can see the the benefit of doing that (laughs) yeah and i think too george lucas is like notable for going back now and like changing things in digital film like with the remasters and stuff has obviously made it a lot easier to like change colors and make up res stuff so that could play part of it too um yeah so there's my biggest issue with this movie is it's basically two movies and i i like what they're trying to do with like the very like bit romantic comedy kind of thing like very low emphasis on the comedy um, and then like the spy like action movie with Obi-Wan, but I just, they don't, it doesn't really, well, the rom-com thing just doesn't work at all. But then the two of them don't really gel very much because they're just kind of cutting back and forth and it's like a little whiplashy. It is not particularly homogenous. I agree. It, uh, but it's, it's also not, it doesn't feel like intentionally, like diametrically opposed. It feels unintentional. <laughs> I agree. It feels like two movies. Uh, I'd just like to you know call you out for saying that there's little comedy when we still have jar jar we do he made it back he made it my yeah. man <laughs> barely uh, yeah i'm so impressed that they like even dared to put him in yeah. this wait is he oh, a senator yeah. now is he, he, a senator he was now? a senator this movie when they were working on it the, like the in-joke working title was jar jar's great adventure because yes. they it was a joke about the negative that is reaction. That's so crazy to me. I to the first. I loved Jar Jar as a kid, and then like I got older and I realized all these pe- people hated Jar Jar, and I was like, "Am I supposed to hate him too?" Because like I just don't like. I mean, sure, he's not like as funny as I thought he was as a kid, but like <laughs> you know, yeah. even if he's annoying yeah. or whatever, I'm not like. Oh, I hate him so much. I think that the conversation around Jar Jar Binks is really interesting. 
if 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 you're talking about like racial politics in film, I think that Jar Jar Binks plays like a very odd role, um, because people always make that comparison um, that he's like some sort of like uh, parody of of um, like a minority, and I I don't know the answer. Uh, I, well, I've got I've got thoughts on Jar Jar, and that is Jacob. You and I come from theater quite a bit. But we see it with Greek, Roman, theater, Shakespeare as well, where we've got these clown characters that come out in the early parts of the work, and they're there just to lighten things up, because without Jar Jar, after pod racing happens, we don't get a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and and again, so they combine this like clown character, this this trope that, you know, hit some of the things that it needs to hit with the fact that it's again one of these earliest full cg characters uh and so they're trying to combine i think it was the perfect trope to have done that with because if you wanted to have a full cg character be somebody who needs to carry an emotional arc Mm. or or pass on like a lot of important information or something. It just, it, it would just get really difficult to deal with. Well, uh, yeah, that's a really good point because I mean, with, with the three, with the digital modeling, they can, they can have Jar Jar Binks do lots and lots of like ridiculous physical comedy stuff. Oh um, yeah. And they do. Same, <laughs> and they do. And yeah. it's the same with, uh, it's the same with uh, the two droids, you know, but I mean, the, maybe the, the technology really wasn't particularly advanced enough for like complex characters at that point. That's a really good point, Sterling. Sorry, I just never even thought about that before. It's all—it's going to go to my head, so thank you. <laughs> good. It should. One thing that bothers me about this movie is that people are tend to, as I've seen, like Padme a little more, and then they're like, oh, Anakin was so bad, whatever. And the fact that, like, major major red flags and then like he murders all the sand people and she's just like it's oh, yeah, okay she's the sweetie it's yeah. fine like enabler you know yeah she's just enabling his behavior yeah. so you could also you could blame it on qui-gon and you can blame yeah. it on her i think we need to also blame anakin for his actions though i mean he did kill a village yes, of people yes. um yeah, I think in this movie, his I honestly would take young Anakin's acting over this acting in the second movie. I think he is so it's terrible. literally some of the worst. I mean, this it's one of the he worst scripts so I've ever heard. Bad. But his like you didn't want to like run the scene again and maybe get another delivery kind of take. Yeah, he's gonna be in the new series, and I'm like yeah, just wondering how that's gonna go. Has he taken acting classes since then? Like, what is gonna happen? So I um have not watched anything that he's come out with post Star Wars, but I have heard through the grapevine um huh? that it is better. He's from what I understand, uh a lot of people are saying that he might um mirror uh the Robert Pattinson journey um mm. post Twilight where where, you know, I mean, post Twilight, uh Robert Pattinson began doing some weird shit and that weird shit paid off. Yeah, I would say he was always regarded in the same vein as yeah. this hating Christensen performance. Which shows you exactly, how much yeah. it is in the directing and the script, you know? Like, obviously Hayden had nothing to work with in terms of, like, actual lines to deliver with this. I don't 
know. I mean, Ewan McGregor also had some pretty bad lines, and he still knocked it out of the park. So it's like, I feel like Star Wars, and in this trilogy especially, fell on a lot of, like, and I don't know if George, I like, I don't know how the casting process worked for this, but, like, fell on casting people that had a certain look instead yeah. of casting people for the role, like, that they should be in. Yeah. And I feel like Hayden Christensen is just one of those where, like, you kind of have to just get past the bad acting because in the third one he has really nice hair. And you're like, you know what? He has good hair and his acting is bad, but I can't complain because he looks good. And he's yeah, he's really mm-hmm. like, He's quite pretty. Yeah. He is he, very He bulked pretty. up for the third one. Something we have to look forward to uh, with, like, the upcoming Disney Plus stuff is that we will have producers and directors that will know how to do it yes <laughs> I, oh, I don't absolutely. think i don't think people put enough stock on how much a good director will just n- improve a performance tenfold yes uh and so we've got that to look forward to yeah i think it's i think it's really just isolated to especially one and two partly three um and i think again that just has to do with the directing and the writing because George Lucas, he's, he's just not a writer. Like, I think he has good ideas. Like I think a lot of the themes he's trying to tackle in this movie and the third are very interesting. I just don't think he really like knew fully how to capture those themes in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dialogue is not his, uh, forte, yeah. which no. is why the originals are so good because he was, it was like a fully collaborative effort between him and other writers and directors. It's true, yeah. Overall, I would say that number two kind of is it. It falls into the the pitfalls that a lot of like like middle films of a trilogy kind of do, which is I don't know. It feels like a lot of it is setting up for the third film, yes, and not of its not a lot of its yeah. own content. You know, um, there are memorable moments, there are important moments, but. I think that I find that um, a lot of it is really kind of just, I don't know, like building towards the inevitable betrayal and finale of the third film. No, I totally Because I think, yeah, I think the best sequences in this movie are the ones that are kind of separate from the plot line, I guess, from that plot line. Like when they have the battle or whatever at the end Mm. in the arena Mm -hmm. and stuff. Because that feels like a cool sequence to me. And then kind of in the beginning and then the other like battle stuff with like Django. I think that's all really cool. And then you kind of all those middle parts where it's like, oh, we have to move the plot along. That's Mm -hmm. right. It can't just be the fun times. No fun times. Yeah. I think that's where it gets more messy than fun, I guess. Yep. Yep. Um. I think, yeah, that's a great transition to the third movie, I think, because a lot of in two is just set up for the third one. Um, And we finally get a lot of payoffs, which I think is good. Um, But it sucks for, like, the people that were watching two. And it's like, oh, so now I guess this was all just set up for the next movie, which so is a thing now more than it was then. But um who wants to read do you want to read this opening crawl sterling or i can read oh, it I'll, I'll give i'll give it a go oh let's, fantastic let's try it 
War! The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord, Count Dooku. There are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. In a stunning move, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous, has swept into the Republic capital and kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, leader of the Galactic Senate. As the Separatist droid army attempts to flee the besieged capital with their valuable hostage, two Jedi Knights lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive Chancellor. Ah, so nice. What I don't understand about this crawl is who are the heroes on both sides? Because there's like, there's heroes on both sides, but who's the hero on the Sith side? Yeah, it sounds like it the, sounds like you're playing, playing both sides the, to me there. Drove the truck through the. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're good people. They're, they're five people. They're five people. Sides. Donald Donald Trump said, "Oh, I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> I know how this works. There's heroes on both sides." Oh, yeah. Noah, you bring up a really good point because it says there are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. If evil is everywhere, how are there heroes on both sides? I oh, think man. it's... Um, I don't know. Maybe it's so saying, like, rubbish. they don't know that, like, Palpatine is... Maybe they don't know that Palpatine is bad, so he's the hero. Like, evil is everywhere. But that would, that would imply that there were villains on both sides. Yeah. Maybe, like, Anakin. Maybe Anakin is the hero that's on both sides. I think there's vi- I think if it said there are villains on both sides, that would make more sense. Because I think that's really the theme of this, is that there's no really good versus evil. Especially in the first half. It's more like showing, I don't know, like Anakin's dis- disillusionment with the Jedi. And then his subsequent turn to the dark side. So I think the point yeah. is that everyone is kind of corrupt in this except for obi-wan because he's great mm-hmm. i think the just the coolest thing about this is like you get the opening crawl and you you read the fiendish droid leader general grievous <laughs> you're like okay there's a droid leader that's so scary and then you get <laughs> four then, lightsabers then we meet general grievous. <laughs> he is so cool yeah. great design yeah. i think all the creature designs and new character designs in these movies are cool but general grievous is like one of the best he is out of this world cool i think that i mean I, I, that's what i was about to say was with with the advent of, of grievous and like like the beginning when they like auto kill um dooku and i i think that there are so many cool parts of this movie I think a lot of people might mainly agree that this is this is maybe the best of the the prequel mm-hmm, trilogy, but mm-hmm. I genuinely love this movie. It's good, like through and through. I think it's a good I movie. I think it's awesome, awesome film. Like I like I said, it was my first exposure to the Star Wars, and I like I don't remember a whole lot of it, but going back and rewatching it, I do actually get like a small sense of like I remember thinking this was like yeah. just really cool. And that's, I think, the biggest part about this tri- about this trilogy is that when it all comes down to it, who cares about all the writing and stuff? It's cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, some it's, cool stuff. It's fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think this movie is just, yeah, so epic, so wide scale. I think it's very ambitious um, narratively. I think the first half especially is very good. Um, probably some of the best, like, thematic elements of any Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Um, I love all... This is like when I actually do like the religious kind of metaphor stuff with the Jedi um, and kind of mm-hmm. Anakin's kind of like disillusionment there. And then 
with Palpatine. I think it's really It's well done. so interesting. His whole like battle of Palpatine being like, this is good, and he Anakin keeps flipping back and forth between like this is the Jedi way, though, and this is not the Jedi way, and it has to be this way because he's right. battling with all those values he was, like, raised with. And the things that are, like, he's working so hard to get to this place of Jedi Master, and um, then he kind of just realizes how much of a lie that is and, like, how fake it is. And also with, like, the elders, like, the Jedi Masters, that's, like, the like the high the older kind of generation kind of like um i don't know dismissing the younger i think it's really good really well done with that um i actually think they lean a little too much on the padme thing for his um for his betrayal i think it should have been i think it should have been fully most like the main thrust should have been his the, the jedi thing um but. yeah and his wanting more power and stuff because I think the Padme stuff is fine, but then it, like, it just kept coming up where <laughs> Palpatine's, like... Because I just watched it today, and Palpatine kept, keeps being, like, I know someone who can bring people back to life. And it just, like, kept being repeated over and over, like, yeah. you could save her. You could save someone. She could be saved. And it was, like, all right, we get it. You have this manipulative power yeah i i i completely agree i think that um i think that my problem with it isn't really the thing itself i think that padme like he keeps on having these reoccurring dreams that padme's gonna die etc etc i think that's fine i have no problem with that in fact i in fact like it because it's a new ma new manifestation of yeah i of think the force that, that works. yeah i think it's a good element to add but i think that the problem is is is, is what you guys are saying is how heavy-handed it is I also, um, I do not like what they do with Padme throughout the trilogy. She starts out as, like, this badass, like, mm. like rebel leader. Yes. Um, and then very quickly falls into, um, you know, she's, uh, kind of just, a a wife. Uh, <laughs> and, and I... <laughs> And I, I think that, I, I mean, not to say that there's anything wrong with being a wife. I mean, or, or, no, or, I just, I know what you're saying, just, though. Because she was so good in the first. That's her only, that's the only character trait yes. that they give her. That's what it well, is. It's yeah. like, she's nothing else besides that, which yeah. is what's frustrating. Because she's cool in the second one, somewhat. Kind of, somewhat. And then you get to the third one, and it's like, you know, the first time we see her is when they're in this, like, corridor, and he's like, are you all right? You're trembling. But he really says it like, are you all right? You're trembling. <laughs> and she's yes. like, I have some great news to share. And then it's like, from the get-go, that's her brand, then, is mm, being mm -hmm. pregnant. Well, yeah, the, the whole like, thing is her whole reason for being in this movie is to give birth to the twins. Like, that's yeah. her only real i mean she also obviously serves as anakin's kind of one of i mean his main motive i think really to turn to the dark side but i uh -huh. think like her role is just the the yeah her. and she's always been semi-emotional but i feel like she's also in in pr the previous movies been a lot more grounded in her emotions like she is a very well, I shouldn't say very. She's a somewhat rational character. 
And in this one, it's like, you know, C-3PO comes in and he's like, Anakin has returned, you know, to the Jedi palace or whatever it's called. And she's like, oh, (laughs) and then starts crying. And it's like, why is she crying? Like, I get that she's like scared, but like, this has not ever been a character trait of hers before. And it just like, it's very frustrating. There's a trope in feminist theory and critique um, called fridging. Um, And it's when uh, a woman specifically um, is killed off. um, And that spurs like the beginning of the journey Mm. or the, 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 the heroic plot for typically the male lead to go on and either enact revenge or serving or, as the or, male or, emotional or... core. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, yeah, that was Anakin's whole thing with his mom being killed. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so they fridged his mom for the beginning of the trilogy and then, and <laughs> fridged then fridged Padme his wife. to retroactively set up the next. Yeah. The, the, the rest of the trilogy. movies really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, let's kill Luke. some women. <laughs> yeah. Oh is what Star but not, not just the women, but the men and the, the children too. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can't glaze over that, can we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anakin kills them all. But, like, here's the thing. I think it's harder when he kills the children, obviously, in mm-hmm. the third one. Because, you know, they address him as Master Skywalker, so you yeah. know that they know him. And trust um, him. I think it's... I mean, not that it's easy to stomach him slaughtering an entire village of sand people, Um but I think it's not as, like, when he kills the, the Jedi Padawans, then you're like, oh my yeah. god, he's really bad now. But it's like, he also mass murdered a lot of other people yeah, he already killed children. this. Yeah, for me, I just, I can't take it seriously when Obi-Wan's sitting on the couch and like, we have video evidence that he killed younglings. And she's like, younglings? No! It's like, and what? The the best part about that scene is, I don't know if it's a fun fact on, 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 our, on our Wikipedia fun facts list, but um, the best part about that particular scene is that Ewan McGregor covers his hand, his mouth, <laughs> when he says younglings or something like that. And it's because he's laughing. Right. It's because he breaks. <laughs> you can't say younglings moment. without laughing. They could have just said Padawans. Like, I don't yeah. know why. Right. The younglings. Right, right. The younglings. Younglings. Was, uh, was an interesting choice. My favorite line, though, my favorite line is um, when they get trapped in that bubble thing and Obi-Wan's just like, wait a minute. How did this happen? We're smarter than this. <laughs> like, the most deadpan delivery yeah. of like a line ever, but it's like the line itself is just also very bad. It's a yeah. bad line because in a film you want to be thinking ahead. Generally, there's moments where yeah, yeah, you don't want to sit there and call attention to the fact that you be were... like, that... wait a minute, <laughs> how did this happen? That's what George Lucas was saying when he was watching his movies. He was like, how <laughs> did this course. happen? Hey, wait, wait a minute. We're smarter than this. I yeah, do think the so opening hard. like 23 minutes is actually like one of my favorite like sequences in the oh, it's good. in the prequels. I think it's a the best opening um it's very well paced 
and it sets up everything and i don't know it's just really fun it's like probably the most consistently fun section of these movies for me is that opening like 20 minutes well and then it and then it ends thematically so well with the dooku decapitation yeah and that like sets up his whole journey there yeah well and i this is this is sorry we were going from grand to specific but now i'm just going to go back to grand for a moment um and say that like a lot of this film feels to me like what i wish the whole trilogy felt like yeah um in a way that like i i wish that we were getting hints throughout the entire series that oh you know like this guy isn't great and he's really susceptible to uh and i think that we get lots of like moments where like oh he's hot-headed but that that isn't being hot-headed doesn't mean that he's bad and then he got literally hot-headed Oh! Oh my yeah. god. That was the reason I think that this was the first PG-13 Star Wars film was that that scene. I mean, they did it's a pretty like they they hold on him for a while. Yeah, the I I I remember watching the Anakin um burning scene as a child and that like specific shot of him like yeah. and then his like it was very in, it was burned into my memory. Oh, but, um, I gotta say though, the 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 whole Darth Vader sequence is a real disappointment. It's like the whole thing is building to this, and it's just very badly done. I think. Uh, I don't know. It's very melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like up until that point, we were like seeing lots of actual dramatic moments yes. and dramatic stuff happening on screen. We get to that moment, and it's pure melodrama. Yeah. Bad writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which sucks, because so much of this movie is done really well with that. Like, it's very dramatic, and that feels yeah. like it kind of takes you out of it a little bit, especially at the end. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was uh, kind of saying before, which is that, I mean, we get all of the really great, meaty, dramatic um, character development in this film that we just don't get in the other two films, like, mm-hmm. at all. That could have been stretched out a lot more. That could have been stretched yeah. out a lot more. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think that maybe they they traded uh, good character development for for interesting visuals in the first two films. But um, I don't know. I just feel like it would have been a cooler journey overall if we had gotten it stretched out. Yeah, it's Noah mentioned earlier. We really see uh, we really see George Lucas come into his own as a director over this trilogy. Like, obviously, this isn't perfect, but it's definitely a lot better. And I think that has a lot to do with it, is that he started to realize the importance of just not being flashy with your tech, and Mm. that people still, like, all of the tech and uh, this cool computer-generated imagery in the world won't make up for not being able to connect with a character. Exactly. Because we're so emotional, we love to connect. Um, and yeah, had that been a huge focus from the beginning, I think even like the most janky of CGI scenes would have still been really good. Yeah. Cause you can still connect to them. If you can connect emotionally, the, the CGI is kind of like almost your brain kind of fills it in, you know, exactly. it's just giving your brain a, like a vehicle for your imagination to kind of take off. But when I'm not mm-hmm. invested, I just kind of can't get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say I do think that the uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin fight, like, visually is really, like, I love the setting. 
It's so, so much. It's so cool. It's a great fight. Yeah, it is. It is a good fight. Here's, you know, with the Mace Windu purple lightsaber real quick, you know, okay, because I think Mace Windu is obviously not like a great per like he's definitely one of the bad jedi like if they're trying to do the bad good thing um i think with him what they were doing with the purple lightsaber too because i mean i know he asked for it so this is just me kind of like theorizing for fun but you know they have the blue is the good in this movie and the red is the bad so purple is the combination of blue and red yeah that's that's canon actually wow uh, look at me that's 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 actual like that's Star Wars lore canon is that is that um well I I, don't, I should say I don't know if it's 100% canon like with the new revised canon but it used to be part of the extended canon which was that Mace Windu uses um both the force and the dark side uh of the force and that is why and he's able to channel both but he chooses to be a Jedi because he wants to be good and he wants mm-hmm. to be a good person I mean, and I think that's a really, I mean, probably a ridiculous explanation for why Samuel L. Jackson wanted a cool lightsaber look. But I think in the end, I mean, that's what Star Wars is, is just like nerds taking weird decisions very seriously. Um. (laughs) Right. Kind of weird to have the only black Jedi be the one that's like half bad, but, you know, Mm. um, a a choice was made. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but if you had a lightsaber, which oh, lightsaber God. color oh, would you be? I feel like we need to ask I feel like we need to ask all our guests this. Can I pick any color or does it have to be like a color from the movie? Like a rainbow like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, I guess you can pick any color. Okay, I I know mine. Um Purple is my favorite color, and so I think if I, like, had to choose, I would, like, go with purple, but I don't want to be seen trying to emulate Samuel L. Jackson, because I'll never be that cool. Exactly. Uh, Fair, fair, fair. I normally don't like this color, but for some reason I feel like it would be really fun as a lightsaber, but I'd I'd like, like, a yellow lightsaber. Yeah. And I don't just know like why. It just for some reason speaks to like me. Like Ray Skywalker. <laughs> just like Ray Skywalker. <laughs> um, this is getting into uh, the shows, but I don't know. There, there's just something about the Darksaber that looks so cool. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with black. It's not a real, it's not a lightsaber. It's a dark but it's saber. a lightsaber. I, it is really cool. Yeah. It's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know what I would do. This is tough. I mean, blue's my favorite color. I could see you being a blue lightsaber guy. But I here's the thing. I don't really like the blue, the shade of blue they're using as much. It would have to be maybe uh, like a little darker. Um, like fine. a darker, like a more of a royal, like an not like, royal blue. Not super dark, but like in between, you know? So not like a denim, but not like a teal. Kayla, what about you? Um, so I used to be a red lightsaber person. <laughs> red lightsabers are cool. Like, yeah, I was like really into being, you know, I thought it was cool to be on the dark side and like, but they get to wear all black. I mean, yeah, come the on. Sith have the better drip. It's not, it's they not. Ha- yeah, they look cooler. It's um, true. and it's I true. thought that the red lightsabers looked cooler, but I have evolved as a person. <laughs> 
and I am now. Side. I believe I would be green lightsaber person. Blue and green, like, both of us. Look at look yeah, at that. like I would wield the green. You know what that makes you? What that makes you, uh, Noah Skywalker and Kayla Skywalker. <laughs> oh my god! We're all Skywalkers. My ancestors, the Skywalkers. Uh, okay. So just any like overall final thoughts on the prequels here you know we've given a lot we've talked a lot about the goods and the bads but anything you want to say before we sign off i as one of the least knowledgeable people here on the star wars universe so we can share the title yes i love sorry i just i love how star wars is such like always such a hot topic in media and here and here we are admitting that we know nothing and still yeah, talking about I um, yeah i see the movies i think space is cool That's i think opera is cool yeah <laughs> like i said earlier it's obviously obviously there are issues with it and it's hard to ignore them but when it boils down to it it is a technological marvel and it's so much fun there's a lot of really so fun, fun stuff that they put into it, and they obviously cared a lot about how it looked, and uh, it's it's a charming piece of film history. That's my take. <laughs> yeah, I think like when you don't take them too seriously, you can have a really good time with them. Because if you're just like watching them and you want to tear it all apart and break everything down and be like oh, this is, you know, messed up this canon, and oh, this is gosh, not man. very smart. I can't believe they did this. And it's like, that is just so frustrating to me, even though I do that with Rise of Skywalker. Um, with these movies, I feel like you kind of just got to take what you were given and be like, sure, some of this stuff is probably not as good as it could have been, um, or maybe even is just straight up bad. Uh, but they're so fun, especially with friends, like to sit down and laugh at, As I watched you know, all the of these things alone. that are happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, there's a pandemic right truly, now. So. Yeah. Um, you did the right thing. I think I, 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 I pretty much agree. I don't feel that way about number one. I think number one is just not a good movie, but I think two and three. I, I mean, three, I think is a good, is good. And I think two has aspects that like, especially with friends, it's like, um, you can enjoy it. I mean, especially with all the memes. Like, I had a fun time, like, waiting for all of them. You know, it's like an Easter egg at this point. Yeah, I think they're cool. I think um, it's definitely opened up a lot of doors for visual effects and digital cinematography. And I definitely, I think they're definitely just too hated on. And I think there's definitely people coming around on that now, which is good because I think that there are good aspects, but. Um, definitely not as good as the, the the originals. They're messy, but I like them. Yeah, yeah. that's basically Those it. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. As people start to develop their own opinions separate from the internet, they realize that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think that overall, I just you know, if I if I feel like watching, I mean, because because that's the thing is that I occasionally feel like watching a Star Wars movie. And occasionally, when I feel like watching a Star Wars movie, I want to watch one of the prequels. Yeah. And that's that. You know? And I yeah. think that, I think that you know, I, I think I have lots of analytical and filmmaking thoughts about them. But, you know, I don't know if they're the kind of movies that 
like really benefit from that kind of discussion. I, I say that as I'm on a movie podcast with you guys. Um, uh, yeah, uh, right, right. But I think that the the enjoyment of them can be isolated from, like you kind of said earlier, but like tearing them apart and like dissecting them and, and really mm. like talking mm-hmm. all about them. I think that, you know, sometimes you can, there are definitely movies that you can just turn your brain off to and just say, I like the, I like the floating things. Lightsabers. <laughs> I like the yeah. pretty colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think that's definitely just sums it up in a great way. Um, so that was a great episode. Thank you guys for being, being on this first episode of the summer of star Wars. We'll have another episode, um, at the beginning of June on the original trilogy. So stay tuned for that one. Very exciting. Heck yeah. Um, do you guys want to like plug both either like socials or then the podcast? Um, just anything you would want to plug? Uh, no, it's a mystery. Uh, no. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Have fun finding it. Totally. No, uh, so we, uh, Jacob and I, like we said, we run a gaming podcast. It's called Up Up Download. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Up Up Download. Uh, and then our personal tweeters are on there as well. I'm Sterling M. Oliver, and he is Hebrew He-Man, which I think is the funniest thing in the world still. I've had it forever, and I'm never changing it. Perfect. We'll put those in the show notes. So if you wanna wanna go check those out, then just go down there. Yeah, if video games are your thing, then listen. You know, yep. there's pretty much just the amount. There's like the exact same amount of digital effects in video games other as there are in these movies. So you know, <laughs> basically, so yeah. some of these scenes yeah. are basically just video game cutscenes. Yeah. Um. All right. So you can also follow us on all your social media platforms. Just. Search Secondhand Film Critics. You'll find us there. If you have thoughts on the prequels, uh, Kayla, what can they do if they have thoughts? You can email us at secondhandfilmcritics at gmail.com. Um, what is our next episode? We're, we're covering another uh, just, just historic the trilogy. The greatest trilogy of all time. Yeah. The greatest Blows film the prequels trilogy out of the water. ever made. It will be the High School Musical trilogy. Yeah, we're doing this because season two of the new show is coming out, and me and Kayla are unashamed big fans. fans. I didn't know they were making season two. I loved season it, one. Yes, it comes out next week. I'm excited. We've been wanting to talk about this trilogy for a while on the podcast, so because it's my your, favorite trilogy of all time. Um, it's the best trilogy of all time. Best so. trilogy ever made. I'll be tuning in oh the God, day it so. comes out. Same. Very nice. <laughs> Well, until next time, I'm Noah. And I'm Kayla. I'm Sterling. And I'm Jacob. And, and we're your, your second, second, second film, film critics. critics.